today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles. We want to give a special shout out and thanks to Juan Posada on the buttons, to Jim. Because uh, we started on time today. We started on time today, which was a huge it's, benefit. You know, I don't know if we've ever started ever this early. Started on time. Uh, yeah, you're right, and that's a thanks to to our uh, our crew, a really intrepid producer. Yep. Has anyone ever called you intrepid, Juan? Good. Oh, okay, good. And then we have uh, Jim over here. J Jim is our uh, shipping logistics manager of the Catholic Man Show. If you order anything on the com slash store, he is the guy that's fulfilling the orders. We pay him big bucks to do so. And by that, I mean we don't pay him at all. Yeah. But we thank him for yeah. his service. And tonight we have the opportunity to talk to Carlo Broussard, Catholic Answers speaker, apologist, writer, philosophical extraordinaire, uh, Pumped to have him on. I'm thankful, Carlo, for your patience because we tried this just a couple nights ago and failed miserably on our end. So thank you for uh, your patience and being able to come back on on a different evening. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped about your new book. You know, Purgatory is for Real. Uh, it just came out. Shop.catholic.com is a place to go get that. It's... Um, Gaining a lot of traction. I've been hearing a lot about it. I've been hearing a lot uh, on Catholic Answers. You just were on Catholic Answers even today, and uh, it it uh, sounded sounds like it's it's doing really well. So congratulations on that. Right, and it's it's not too late to get uh, Christmas gifts. Right, you know, purgatory is one of those things that you so, know if you listen to Catholic Answers, it's one of the five things that people will ask about because you know in general yep. there's just a handful of things, um, especially pro especially Protestants, Catholics. When they call in, might have a wide range, but purgatory is one of those things that, as a Catholic, especially here in Oklahoma, living in Protestant territory, really, if there's such a thing, you know, right? It's, it's all God's. It's all God's territory, right? And it, we're not going to get into that. But anyway, get the book, right? We That's actually what I'm did, trying to we say. We did an episode with Carlo not too long ago on purgatory. You can go back and check that out as well. So, but Carlo, we brought you in today for several reasons. One, we want to we want to be your friend. And we, the more we get a chance to hang out with you, the better on our end. Right. Uh, but two, we are we teamed up together to provide a course, a nine, 
course webinar for our patron members starting in January, starting January 4th. That's right, a nine lesson webinar. So we're gonna do nine lessons starting January 4th. I think what we decided is to uh, do a Monday night, Wednesday night for the four weeks in January. And then that ninth lesson will be on that first Monday of February. And we're just gonna go through the gauntlet brothers and go through Aquinas's five ways for doing what he says they do, namely demonstrate God's existence. So we're just going to break them apart, get into the details. We're going to roll up our sleeves, and we are going to do some heavy lifting, geeking out, nerding out, philosophical apologetics. <laughs> That's right. And so, so for, for yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say. So for your viewers out there, I would I would highly encourage them to uh, join up so they can view the webinar because we're going to have some serious fun, man. I don't know about you guys, but I am still looking forward to it. And I think I may very well be the one having the most fun out of everybody because I, I love talking about this stuff. Well, I'm excited about it because I'll finally know the five ways, hopefully. <laughs> it's like, I know that there are five and I've read them all, but then, you know, like I sleep and they get kind of confused in my head. And for me, it's always been good enough that I knew that they, I know that they exist and I know that they're distinct. And I know that I can't tell you what makes them distinct, but there's probably a YouTube video out there, right? Like that's just kind of been where I've been at. So I'm very excited about this. I will say that what we're doing has never been tested and I'm a little nervous about it. Three episodes a week for, for, for us. Of, of the Catholic man show. Yeah. The, the internet has not been tested in this way before. Okay. <laughs> So you know, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how it rolls. This sort of like you know the vaccine that's coming out. They're like, hey, we haven't tested it in pregnant women, <laughs> right? This has never been done before. It's I personally, I'm a little nervous whether or not the internet can handle it. I think I think it's, it's we'll good see. enough to roll the dice. We'll see. I mean, we're going to give it a shot. So what we're going to do, Carlo, is if you if you sign up on uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheCatholicManShow, you sign up for ten dollars or more a month. What's going to happen is for these nine courses you're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna jump into the summa you and you and dave and i and we're gonna basically dumb it down you're gonna bring it up there you're gonna lay the baseline then we're gonna drop that baseline down a little bit make sure that we can at least grasp a little bit of it but you're gonna you we have a uh, new course handouts that you you're putting together specifically for our guys and then um then a live q a session afterwards with everybody That's so right. everybody who, who wants to jump in on the conversation is going to be uh, available to do so yeah so go to patreon.com slash Catholic Man Show, $10 a month level. Yeah, and up. more. We'll get you access. January 4th. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. What I'm going to try to do is um, I'm going to move away from presenting the five ways. There's various ways you can approach it. So one way you can approach them is to go through each one and articulate like the five different ways of reading it, right? and sort of lay that out on the table. That's very complicated and time-consuming and pretty much needs to be done. It's important, but it's pretty much sort of for the classroom whenever you're doing a semester's worth on it, right? So what we're going to do is I'm going to present the five ways that I currently see the best way to read them. Like the way that my intellect maps on to what Aquinas is presenting and what I'm at peace with right now and present that and offer reasons why I'm reading the five ways and the ways that I do 
and show that the way I'm reading them, not only I think matches up with the text of Aquinas and the Summa and his other writings, but also that they actually work, that the arguments that lead go, the arguments are valid and form when we present them, and that the premises are true, and that they lead to the conclusion such that we can affirm in the end that God exists and even affirm it as a demonstrative argument rather than coming to a conclusion with only probable knowledge. And of course, in the introductory lesson, we'll kind of make those distinctions and go into more detail what the difference is between those two kinds of arguments. Yeah, and so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to kind of give a nickel tour, if you will, of what the webinar is going to be about. We're going to go through kind of the five ways, or I don't even know, if, Carlo, I doubt we're even going to get through the five ways uh, in this episode, but how are we going to collect the nickel? Uh, well, this is just the nickel tour, but it still costs a nickel. How yeah. are we going to get that from everybody? Well, that's Juan's job. Um, but so <laughs> our, our goal is to just kind of like uh, go through a little bit of it and see if we can we can get through. We're, so we're not going to do a, a gear today. We're not going to do we we are uh, we did pour a little bit of Glenmorangie. Uh, how do you say this? Malaga, uh, Malaga, Malaga cask cask finish. finish. Mm -hmm. It's good. I've so, not I've not seen this Glenmorangie before, so it, it's nice. But so, I, Carlo, I want to jump into it because we've got a lot to cover tonight. Um, so the benefits of studying metaphysics and natural law in and of themselves. There's guys out there, including myself, who are just maybe jumping into metaphysics and natural law, don't know a whole lot about it, maybe don't understand like why it's even important. Why would a guy need to know about metaphysics or, or like try to push himself to understand what metaphysics is and what natural law is? Yeah, that's a very good question, Adam. Um, I think initially the thought that comes to me is that it's because we need to be using the God-given gift of the intellect. Now, specifically for a man, we're sort of intellectually inclined, right? We're inclined to gravitate toward the more intellectually oriented aspects of reality. We're simply kind of hardwired like that, right? Because the intellect goes out of itself to try and grasp that which is real, to come to map on and to know reality. And so the importance of studying metaphysics uh, is to know reality, because that's what metaphysics is. It's knowing, there's the study of being as being, right? So we're not studying some cut-off part of being, like being of sensible qualities that we would find in the sciences of biology. We're not studying living being in metaphysics. That would be for biology. We're not studying parts of living being that have certain characteristics, which would be like in zoology if we're studying animals. We're not even studying aspects of being that are quantifiable that you would do in mathematics or geometry, all those aspects of being that can be measured and quantified. Metaphysics transcends all of those aspects of being and studies being insofar as it's being. So we're going to study a human being not insofar as it's a living biological organism. We're going to study the aspects of what it means to be a man and being a man. So I want to just encourage the guys out there, if they're listening to that, and they're like, man, I just don't even know what he just said. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Uh, this is going to be a humbling experience for me. I'm, I'm going to be very confused throughout this process. Uh, I'm going to learn a whole lot, and I think it's important for us men to push ourselves intellectually. I think we're easy to do that uh, 
physically, but we needed to make sure we do it intellectually as well. So this is a great opportunity. We'll be right back with Carlo Broussard. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, our special guest, Carlo Broussard, the Cajun uncaging the truth. Yeah, Raging Cajun uncaging the truth. Not, that, not uh, the Raging Cajun, just the Cajun uncaging the truth. That's what okay. it is. Just, I just want to reiterate this, Carlo, uh, that recently, on a recent episode of a show called Catholic Answers, the, the host, Cy Kellett, he got it wrong. He didn't say it right. And then he apologized to Adam. I was very offended. <laughs> I was like, that is, that is my tagline. Just because Adam is in I will the... be... Ah! I, I will be sure to correct him on that. Oh, I oh, don't worry. I tweeted him immediately. <laughs> yeah. He did issue a public apology via Twitter. So I've been... I've I, I received satisfaction. Everything is fine. I just wanted, awesome. I just wanted you to know yeah. that... It cut it, me deep. It, it did. It yeah. cut me deep. Okay, but so, you were talking about studying metaphysics. Yeah, and these universal principles yeah. and how they, they impact the immediate, yep. how they imp impact today. Yeah, so how does it impact the immediate? Well, think about this. When I look at the tree outside, right, and we're going to be using the tree as we go through the five ways as, a, and as an example of our sensory experience, right? When I see that tree, given... Our study of metaphysics, studying reality, right, and the ultimate cause of reality, which we come to know is God, the uncaused cause. When I look at that tree right in front of me, right here and right now, if I'm outside, right, I see that tree God-bathed. My intellect does not allow for me to get away from the fact that if God did not will that tree to be in reality to be existing right here and right now, it would lapse into nothingness. So that's how immediate metaphysics can affect our experience of the world. That everything I see existing, the lamp, the microphone, the computer, the tree outside, is God-bathed. I see it God-bathed because I know the first cause, the uncaused cause, is sustaining and keeping such a thing in being, distinguishing it from nothing. For without such causal activity from God, it would lapse into nothingness. Now, Adam and David, that immediately points back to me. Because I realize that in some ways, when I compare myself to the tree, I'm like the tree. In as much as I require God's divine causal power to sustain me in existence right here and right now. Without which, I would lapse into nothingness. Now, that's going to inspire a sense of gratitude because I realize how radically dependent I am on God for my very being. So that touches to the immediacy of the immediate effect, right? The immediate implication of studying metaphysics. Now, for us as men, it's important because as men, we are called, Adam and David, to be guardians of, of the minds of our loved ones, our wives, and our, and our children. And we are called to not just be guardians in some general sense, but I would argue we're called to be guardians of the mind, which inspire, which is a call for us to engage the battle on the intellectual front. Because Satan can only get to the will or the heart through the gateway of the intellect. 
So we are the guardians of that gateway of the intellect. And studying metaphysics, studying the five ways, will provide us with the tools we need to be guardians of the mind and engage the battle on the intellectual front ultimately so that we can guard and protect the hearts of our loved ones our wives and our children so that the evil one cannot grab a hold to the heart because it all starts in the mind the way god has made us is that the will follows the intellect so if satan can get the intellect satan can get the will he can redirect it and yeah, so our job is to protect it that's very true you just look at uh the garden of eden and eve saw that the apple was good for and knew that it was good for eating so you know there he, there she is he's entering through the intellect that she is recognizing the apple that she knows not to be touched or eaten as being good for eating right um so we're right, gonna well, use satan begins, satan begins the dialogue with eve appealing right. to the mind saying did god say you can't eat of any tree in the garden yeah right? casting yeah. Down. As yeah. God, yeah as if god is arbitrary uh ruler right uh, did God really say that you would die if you eat, implying that God perhaps is lying? So Satan paints a false portrait of God, presents it to the mind of Eve in order to get to her heart and redirect her will away from God's command. So we're going to be using this word metaphysical, talking about metaphysics. Is metaphysics synonymous with supernatural? Uh, it's related, but it's not synonymous because I can study metaphysics on the natural level, on a natural level, right? Yeah. Supernatural refers to things that go above and beyond our nature. So grace is supernatural, right? But it falls under being in some sense because grace is a reality. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's related to metaphysics. But metaphysics is not equated with the supernatural because we can study natural things under the umbrella of metaphysics, but we can also study supernatural things under the umbrella of metaphysics. Why? Because metaphysics studies being. Whatever is real, it's the study of that reality insofar as it is real rather than not real <laughs> so my body my physical body is a metaphysical reality and my soul is also really? a metaphysical reality whereas my soul would be supernatural my, like my soul is a supernatural reality whereas my body is a natural reality or is or is my soul well, a natural your, your reality soul, as well your soul is a natural reality as well because it's part of my nature super that is correct. Amen, brother. It is immaterial. Body is material. But they're both natural. What is supernatural about you as a baptized Christian is the sanctifying grace, assuming you're not guilty of mortal sin, <laughs> is the sanctifying grace dwelling in the soul. That's a reality, thus an object of meta could be an object of metaphysics. But it's a reality that's over and above, super above your nature. See, I've okay. already, I have already learned something. Yeah. So we're going to be talking yeah. about we're going to talk about the five ways. We're going to, you're going to hear that phrase a lot. If somebody's never you know thought about the five ways, heard the five ways, this is a new concept for them. Where can they find it in uh, St. Thomas's 
writing and we we say the five ways for the proof of the existence of god right so where can they find this right. and then what does aquinas mean when he says proof for the existence of god because it's probably yeah, so, not what we think as of proof right well it all depends on what kind of proof you're thinking of prior to coming to this information so as to the question of where it's at uh, we can five to five ways summarize, and I want to emphasize summarize, because as we're going to talk about and see in our webinar, is that these five ways, as they are presented in Aquinas' masterpiece, the Summa Theologiae, in the first part of the Summa, question, question two, article three, that's where he lays out the five ways, and these are summaries of the five ways, presupposing and assuming a whole metaphysical backdrop, like a whole framework of how we view reality. And these five ways are summaries of these approaches of proving God's existence, presupposing this whole worldview, right? This, this way of viewing reality. And we're gonna try to unpack that in the webinar. So that's the, that's the answer to the first question. First part, second question, third article in his Summa Theologiae. Now Aquinas does present a little variant variations of these five ways in his earlier work in the Summa Contra Gentiles in book one, chapter 13. There, it gets a little bit more complicated because Aquinas is gonna prevent, present two versions of his first way first that way, he presents yeah. in the Summa Theologia. <laughs> and then, subsequent to those two versions of his first way for motion, he presents other arguments that you can map on to the remaining four of the five ways in the Summa Theologia. So that's where the uh, five ways are. You had asked a question about demonstration and what Aquinas means by, or you said proof. What does Aquinas mean by proof? Well, we have to ask the question, what does Aquinas mean by demonstration? Aquinas affirms that God's existence can be demonstrated. Now, what does he mean by this demonstration? Well, first of all, he does not mean empirical demonstration that would be involved in modern scientific methods where you go out and empirically observe something to demonstrate that something exists or that something is real, okay? Nor is this any sort of mathematical demonstration. It's not appealing to mathematics here. Rather, the type of demonstration that Aquinas is using is a demonstration that follows the Aristotelian use of a syllogism. So for example, we could have the syllogism all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. Given the truth of those premises, the conclusion logically follows. If the premises are true, then the, the conclusion must be true because the way those concepts are set up is logically valid. So that's, I hear the music there, so we have to pick up on the other side of the break. But that's what Aquinas means by demonstration. Okay, awesome. And then when we get when we get back, we can talk a little bit about, you know, is this approach good for apologetics? Is it good for, you know, is it persuasion or is it demonstration? 
if you can lay it all out, does that necessarily mean you're going to convert them? It's kind of like what you were it, just hinting at. So, and then we'll jump into the actual five ways. At okay. least, at least motion. We'll get we'll hopefully get to one of one of the five. The first one. Yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Jumping in quickly because we got a lot to cover. But this segment of the Catholic Command Show is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Go to <coughs> thecatholicwoodworker.com. Use promo code TCMS for 10% off. Our graphics shows that we, 90% discount on all purchases, but we are just joking. We do not hold us to that. We are just joking. Just 10%. Off, pay, but pay only ninety percent. Pay only nine ninety percent by and, using our code. In all honesty, the last segment was brought to you by the Catholic Man Show. We just forgot. We're just. It. We was a secret. Yeah, it was a secret. So a secret. Yeah. Just so I'm giving you the secret now. Yeah. There you go. So uh, before we uh, got interrupted by our break, Carlo, you were you were discussing uh, the definitions of proofs and the demonstrations of what we're talking about with Aquinas. I'll let you you pick up from there. Yeah. So I just wanted to make a few. Concluding remarks on what Aquinas means by God's existence being demonstrated. I was I, before the break. I was saying how the demonstration is one by way of a syllogism, and I gave the example: all men are mortal. Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. The conclusion necessarily follows from the premises, such that if the premises are true, then the conclusion necessarily is true. Now in in our introductory lesson for the webinar, we're going to go into more details in parsing out there are two types of demonstrative arguments, right? There's one kind of demonstration that starts with the nature of something and then reasons to a conclusion like all men are mortal. So you're starting with the nature of man and what man is, and then you're reasoning to this conclusion that Socrates is mortal, okay? Or you could reason to the conclusion that man is mortal. That would be called a um, an argument, but uh, it's an argument acquia demonstration, which is referring to the nature of the cause. Now, the other kind of demonstration is what is called a posteriori, and that's basically all that means is coming after the experience. Right? Once we experience something, we want a reason from an effect to the cause of the effect. All right. And that's the type of demonstrative argument that Aquinas is going to employ in the in the five ways. And this brings us to the general method of the would, five ways. Would that, Basically, like, would that be like saying, I saw Socrates die, therefore he is mortal? Yeah, you would be starting from an effect. Right, I watched him die. Reasoning, well, if I, I saw him die, and then I begin to reason based upon the premise, well, if death, then corporeal death therefore corporeal so socrates must be a corporeal being right given the gotcha. fact that he's dying he is a being such that is subject to death i come to reason to that conclusion about socrates from the effect all right which is what even Aquinas so, says right before in that preceding article he talks about you know there is proofs for the existence of god outside of being in front of the beatific vision itself you know so that's what he's saying like Yes, obviously, you would know God exists in front of the beatific vision, but there are ways of proofs of the existence okay. of God outside of that. Correct? All right. So maybe, maybe, referring, maybe, maybe I'm jumping too much. What you're referring to there, Aquinas does address this sort of demonstration called aquia. So if we knew the essence of God, 
we would automatically know that he exists. All right. Now, there are some who will propose an argument for God's existence in this a priori way or a quia demonstration where you're starting with what God is and then conclude that God exists. Aquinas oh. rejects that argument. That's famously known as the ontological argument made famous by Anselm. Anselm yeah. And contemporary, yeah, contemporary philosophers have adopted it and tried variations of it. But Aquinas wants to reject that and say, no, we can't go that route for several reasons. The route he's going to take is starting with what is most known, namely the effects and things of our sensory experience, and then reason to what is initially unknown, namely that there is a cause of these effects. And that's the approach, that's the method that Aquinas is going to use in the five ways. Once again, this is called an a posteriori uh, form of demonstration. Um, um, it's a, actually, I made a mistake. So let me back up here. The, the demonstration that starts with the nature of the cause, that's called a propter quid argument or an a priori argument. The quia argument is the a posteriori argument, where you're starting with effects, reasoning to the cause. So propter quid, think of Anselm, ontological argument. That's an a priori argument as well. A quia argument or an a posteriori argument is Aquinas' approach, starting with effect, reasoning to cause. And I think, Adam and David, that's a good lead-in to a general uh, method of the five ways and what Aquinas is doing here. So the general method is this. Aquinas wants to start with something of our experience. So take, for example, the first way. We observe motion. We observe different kinds of motion. We observe the pool, the pool ball moving from one side of the pool table to the other. That's local motion. We observe motion or change in the sense of I'm getting fatter, or I'm getting skinnier, right? A qualitative motion. Uh, excuse me, a quantitative motion. You also have a qualitative change or motion, which is hair. If my hair begins to turn gray, I have some gray hairs coming in my goatee. That's what philosophers call a qualitative motion or change. That's something of our experience, right? Now, Aquinas, in his method, wants to reason to the need for an efficient cause to account for that thing of our experience. In, in the first way, it's motion. And then he's going to show that it's impossible for there to be a series of causes that accounts for the datum of our sensory experience so without a cause that doesn't derive the power it needs to be a cause of the thing of our experience. So in the first way, Adam and David, what Aquinas would say is, listen, I see the stone being moved by the stick. Can everything that's moving stone be like the stick? And the answer is going to be no. There's got to be something unlike the stick. There's got to be, be something that doesn't... There's got to be a hand, but even not like the hand. Because notice, even the hand, Adam, is deriving its power to be a mover of the stick, which is deriving its power to be a mover of the stone. So ultimately, what Aquinas wants to say is, there's got to be a mover that doesn't derive its power to be a mover. 
like the hand or the stick. The only way to account for the motion of that stone and even the motion of the stick and the motion of the hand is if there is a mover that does not derive its act of being a mover, its power to move, its activity of moving, such a mover is what he calls an unmoved mover, the first mover, right? A mover that is not deriving its activity of moving other things in any way whatsoever because that power of moving other things is had in virtue of its own essence, in virtue of what it is. It's not derived from something outside of itself. Like the stick has its power to be a mover derived from the hand, and the hand from the arm, and the arm from the flexing of the muscles, and the whole bodily movement of things from the very soul of the individual, namely the free will. Even the free will, in order for it to act, must be actualized by a mover such that doesn't receive its power to be a mover from anything else. And that's the first mover of the first way. An unmoved mover or an unactualized actualizer. And uh, that's what we can call God. Now, of course, embedded in that first mover, you're able to unpack all of the divine attributes. But the bottom line is this, Adam and David, Every mover can be like the stick. So there's got to be something that does not receive its power to move. I see. I've seen YouTube videos trying to explain this, and it seems to be very popular to use the example of dominoes. Where that would be incorrect. Right. Can you explain why that is incorrect? Because it's a temptation for a lot of people trying to explain this cause. You know, the way of motion. Right, because notice that whenever I knock over the first domino, the movement or the activity of that first domino is not essential to the last domino falling over at the time the last domino is falling over. So the first domino moving or falling over, that was needed to get things started. We'll grant that. But the movement of that domino when it's initially moving over, falling over, that's done and gone and over with when that last domino is falling over. So there's a correlation. Kind of serious, there's a correlation there, but not right. a causation? Uh, well, there's a causation, but the causal activity of that first domino is not essential to the effect here and now of the last domino moving. So think about this, Adam and David, you received your generating powers from your daddy, didn't you? Yes, definitely. Okay, but <laughs> is it necessary yes. that, but is it necessary that your daddy be engaging in generating activity in order for you to engage in generating activity right here and right now? No, I have. I pray, I pray that is not the case. <laughs> evidence to the contrary. I forget which one it was where we saw the evidence and I reasoned backwards to get the answer. But that's right. one of those. So notice, that's not, the, that's not the kind of causal series that Aquinas has in mind. Rather, what Aquinas has in mind is more like the last domino being held up 
by a domino that's on the desk right here and right now, such that this domino's activity of being mm. is necessary for this domino here and now, at the moment this domino up here is suspended in air. Yes. Okay. So we'll, we'll jump into maybe the, la the last four and hopefully dive in a little bit more with this. With Carlo Broussard, Kathleen Andrews, speaker and apologist. We're on the Lord's team. Winning side. So Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, Jim Spencer. We are joined via VMix call. Ooh, yeah, sounds official. Yeah. By the one and only Carlo Broussard, Cajun Uncaging the Truth. And he's encaging some intellectual virtues for us today. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know what, like, Carlo, I've heard you mention that before about pursuing the intellectual virtues, and I always forget that that there are intellectual virtues so i'm glad that you reminded me yeah i mean we're, we're, yeah we're cultivating the mind is what we're doing right it's a god-given gift god wants us to use it wants us to cultivate it to enhance its skills mm -hmm. its activities ultimately so that we can think on god the ultimate object of the mind is truth who is god the first cause but also god made man jesus christ and so to cultivate the mind is to have be properly dispose ourselves so that we can think better on the lord ultimately so that we can relate to him in better ways in more intimate and deeper ways so it's ultimately for sanctity and for love which that's brilliant yeah that's what we we, we pursue i want that's I want the thing that, that is worth yeah. pursuing Okay. In love. So, Carlo, we've been we discussed the uh, the way of motion very Could, briefly. Like, I have only seventeen thousand questions about the, about this, but I'm gonna <laughs> be prudent and and temper my uh, desire to ask more questions and let you go into uh, ways two through five. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of people out there who are saying, "Well, what are the other five? What are the other five ways?" All right. Okay. So the first way. The datum of experience, right? The the starting point was motion, and then reasoned to an ultimate mover that accounts for that motion we experience. A mover that would not receive its activity of being a mover from another, but would simply have it in virtue of what it is, okay? And have it of itself. The second way, rather than starting with the motion of things, the second way in Aquinas, I would argue, starts with the very existence of things and then reasons to a cause that accounts for the existence of things in our experience, like the tree outside, a cause such that would not receive its existence from a cause outside of itself, but would have existence in virtue of what it is. It would just be existence itself. And having the power to cause existence for other things outside of itself. This is the uncaused cause or the first cause of the second wave. So first way starts with motion. Reasons to a mover that doesn't receive its power to move other things. To account for that motion. The second way starts with the existence of things in the world. 
reasons to a cause that does not receive its existence from anything outside of itself and accounts for the existence of things in our experience that do receive existence from something outside of itself. Follow me so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Third way, Aquinas wants to start with things that come into existence and go out of existence. And then he asks the question, can everything in reality be such that it comes into existence, has a beginning of existence, like non-being and then being? And Aquinas wants to say, no, there's got to be something that does not have a beginning nor an end. It's just everlasting existence, eternally speaking, in that sense, right? And I'm using that word loosely there for my philosophical buddies who are listening, okay? Uh, so it's a being that doesn't have beginning nor end. Now, Aquinas isn't ready to say that's God yet. He wants to reason to an ultimate being with no beginning, no end, but has that being in and of itself, not receiving its existence from something outside of itself. And so there's some similarities with the second way there, but nevertheless it's distinct. Because notice Aquinas starts in the third way with things coming into existence, going out of existence, and then focusing on whether everything can be such that it begins to exist. And he says, no, there's got to be something without beginning, without end. And then he's going to reason to a being that not only is without beginning, without end, but doesn't receive its existence from anything outside of itself. That maps with or matches with the first cause of the second way. Okay? Okay. Fourth way, fourth way, Aquinas, I know, right? <laughs> the fourth way, Aquinas wants to start with degrees of being, degrees of perfection. So the flower in the flower garden is less good than my wife, all right? My wife as a human being is more good, has more perfection, and thus is higher in the hierarchy of being than the flowers in the garden or the little doggy down the street, right? Or I'm so what better looking than Adam, for instance. <laughs> that would be a degree of perfection right. in some exactly. degree. All right. Thank you. He now, so what Aquinas wants to say, what Aquinas wants to say is that these degrees or grades of perfection and being and goodness or nobility, as he says, requires a cause of being and thus of goodness and truth and nobility such that it does not receive its being from another, but has being in and of itself, in virtue of its own essence. A being that then which nothing greater can be see, conceive, what he calls a maximal being. This is the same kind of being that we can arrive at in the third way and in the second way, and even one can argue in the first way. Because he's arriving at a, a being such that it's just pure being itself, what he would call ipsum esse subsistence, right? And then in that fourth way, Aquinas wants to argue that such a being is the cause of everything else outside of itself that exists. So that's a summary of the fourth way. And then finally, in the fifth way, 
He wants to start with things in the natural world that aren't intelligent, that act in such a way for some end or goal. So think of the acorn. The acorn's activity is naturally ordered to becoming an oak tree, right? To forming into an oak tree. That just belongs to what it is. Now, Aquinas wants to argue, in order for anything like an acorn to engage in activity that has this goal directedness to some goal or end, can only be if an intelligence is directing such a thing. Then Aquinas wants to say, okay, well, is there some kind of intelligence that doesn't receive its power to direct other things from another, but maybe just has that power of directing things to their ends or goals in and of itself, in virtue of its own essence? And Aquinas is going to answer, yes, there is such a super intelligence that has its activity of intelligently directing other things that are not intelligent in virtue of itself, non-derived. And such a supreme intelligence, and we got to work a little bit more to see that it's governing all things within the physical world and directing them to their ends or goals, such a being is what we call God. So that's a summary of the five ways. The general method, starting with something of our experience, and then ultimately reasoning to an ultimate cause that accounts for this, these things of our experience right here and right now, at every moment, these things of our experience are real. So the motion is going on right now. Something is existing. The grades of being that I experience, uh, the, some things beginning to exist and going out of existence, and then things being directed in their activity to some inner goal. So that's a summary. Okay, so um, to me, the first three have a lot of overlap. You know, they have a lot of area in common. Um, and I think those are the, those are certainly the ones that I get confused. You know, then when we look at, uh, you know, the degrees, the degrees of, of perfection or the, you know, the go governance of the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, those yeah. to me, it's like, oh, I can easily distinguish those. Those seem, it's like the first three are in the same category. And then number four and five kind of categories of their own. Um, yeah, because I mean, the fourth fourth one's like the transcendental. So like you can see, you can touch, you, you know, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this is good. Oh, right. this is truth, which is easier, easier, I think, for us to uh, grasp than some of these other, other, other things. But I do like right. his approach yeah. in that it's, uh, you know, his approach starts with the everyone's experience, you know, like phenomenology, just the fact that we all have these, you know, we all live a life here in the world with our senses, you know, and so these, they make sense, you know, at, at, the ba right. at a basic level to all of us. Mm -hmm. And I have like only yeah, a, a million questions for you, Carla, which is why I think everybody needs to, uh, if you're, if you're interested in any of this at all, you need to uh, sign up and all you have to do is go to the uh, patreon.com slash the Catholic man show and, and become a patron. Cause, and this is going to be, uh, available. If you're listening to this, you know, later on down the road a year from now it's still going to be available you're we're still going to have it and that's why carlo put the handouts together so that way you I mean, can assuming you know jesus hasn't come back and stuff yeah there's a, there's some assumptions to be made there but that's why uh, carlo EMP blast something you know it's <laughs> why carlo put those handouts together so that way you can go through it uh, and listen to uh, the video conference with the handout and have it as a study guide but right. anyway, what were you going to say carlo because we interrupted you like four times 
Uh-oh. There, there's oh, yeah, I was just going to say that when you dig into the fourth and fifth wave, you'll see similarities with the other ways as well. Okay, okay. so that's why you want to sign up, so that you we can take the time to go through the details, the distinctions, distinctions, distinctions. Yes. Um, and we're going to continue this a, combo. Become a, a metahuman as we study metaphysics. Uh, we'll, we'll I think that's the way it works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That. We'll, we'll, we're going to continue the conversation on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, one of the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Okay. You, this won't make you a metahuman? I was really... I told my you wife... You really were excited um, about that? I So I've known Dave for so long, Carlo. You know, we've been best friends since, I don't know, we were five years old playing on the playground. I've, I, I know Dave well enough to know when he has like pocketed a joke and has just been waiting to be able to like you know pull out this joke and like when the joke doesn't land or or we gloss over it and we continue going he just wants to make sure that everybody understands like no no no, this is a joke like i'm a meta person like guys did you not get hold on let's rewind let's recapitulate this really fast and make sure you guys understood that i just i just told a joke you guys laugh. Like, yeah, you guys, you're supposed to laugh. You're supposed to laugh because this is something that I was thinking about. Well, I don't know that I would laugh, but I thought <laughs> it was very clever. Thank you. <laughs> that also works. I would have yeah. I accept I laughter a, or compliments, I, either one. I was a fan of The Flash in the first and second season, then it went downhill after that, so I'm all for metahumans, man. <laughs> as long as they're nice. I don't like the mean ones. <laughs> okay you... so so uh so so carla for those who are still uh um listening and, and on, on the podcast let's talk about really quick why because we were talking about the <clears throat> excuse me the intellectual virtues in, in between the breaks we're talking about the importance of the reason why of studying metaphysics is to understand what reality is to understand uh what we were made for it's like a lot of times it comes back to like the, the teleology like what is the end what is the end goal of man like why why what, what is our pursuit as man so again so why why is it important even so i i have struggled like li trying to understand all this obviously I, I i have done it myself I'm, I'm i'm going through this i i struggle i don't understand a lot of it i know that i'm not even going to understand a lot of it uh, but I still want, I have a desire to understand it. And so I'm, I'm trying to push myself intellectually uh, to strain those intellectual muscles so that way I can maybe grasp, if I can grasp even like 10% of what Aquinas says and thinks, then I, for me, like that is a, that is a huge win. So, but, but maybe, maybe some people don't understand that yet because they haven't had a chance to dive into Aquinas. They, they can't. Um, appreciate what he has done for uh, not only the sciences but for the the church in general why why do it well why is because it is a path that can be walked upon given to us by God so if one is attracted to it then one ought to pursue it because it is a matter of coming to know what is real so that we can relate to what is real. And thinking about reality ultimately leads to knowledge of the first. That's what metaphysics study. The end result of the study of metaphysics.
is coming to the knowledge of the ultimate cause of reality, which is God. So the mind is made to know God. And so in coming to know the first cause, we're in an imperfect way, but never be a way of properly functioning as a human being, right? It's imperfect because we're knowing God as first cause in the natural level. Supernatural level is going to be by grace and knowing him in heaven in the big vision. And even in this life, knowing him by grace in, in the mysteries of faith and supernatural revelation. But ultimately, we want about reality correctly, can relate to reality. That's the essence of sanity. Now, this is not to say that you have to go through the five ways in order to reality and relate to God is better. Not required. This is why God has revealed himself supernaturally for those who are able to engage in the philosophical inquiry, and you have the supernatural revelation of Jesus Christ. But the path is there for us to tread if God is calling us to do it. And by pushing ourselves intellectually and sharpening those intellectual skills, to be able to preserve faith and truth and the knowledge of the truth for our loved ones, but also, as I mentioned earlier, to engage that battleground on the intellectual front to refute atheism and to correct errors, right? And the metaphysical background or the metaphysical foundation that is established when you go through the five ways, Adam and David, will govern and determine your theology. So that when you start thinking about supernatural revelation and what God has revealed to us, if you don't have the proper metaphysical ground, you will go astray theologically when thinking about the supernatural revelation of God. So God has given us a way to come to know reality, to know him, certain principles by reason alone, which serves as a ground to help serve, it's the handmaid of theology, right? To help serve our theological inquiries and our reflection and application of reason to God's revelation of himself as triune, right? And how he's going to relate to his creation with grace and leading us to our ultimate end of salvation. All of that supernatural revelation builds upon what we know metaphysically, such that if you get the foundation wrong, the house of theology is going to come crumbling down. So that's another reason why studying the five ways are so important. So it seems to me like understanding the five ways would really be key to the virtue of humility, because when you you Indeed. know you come to understand how much how dependent you really are on God's constant, on God's constant love. And I think it's also, it, it just strikes me as important that, you know, there's these different theories of God. One is like the watchmaker or something. He winds the watch and just kind of leaves it. Um, right. I, I mean, that is just not possible because that would not, that would not be a loving God. When you come to understand that God is holding you in existence every moment you know, even even in right. the moment that you commit mortal sin, he holds you out of love in existence. Uh, you know, I think right. when you like contemplate just the depth and pr profundity that's there, you know, you you really come to because see the mag mag magnanimity. magnificence, the magnanimity. God, 
That's a hard word. The magnificence of God, the magnificence of God. Because at every moment he gives me being, and at every moment he gives me the activity to act, like in actualizing my powers to talk to you right now and to think, at every every activity that I am engaging in right now, along with my very existence itself, is entirely dependent upon God willing it right here and right now. And that's a sheer gift. There's, you know, there's nothing that like demands from God to be giving me this existence ex- except him being true to himself to will to give me existence. Right. Yeah. And so that, as you said, it fosters humility, realizing how dependent I am upon God, which will inspire within me, hopefully, gratitude to be grateful for this gift of being, the gift of being able to engage in this intellectual activity with you guys and to talk to you, etc. And so that's just on the natural level, right? And that's going to help me properly relate to God as the source of all being, as my creator, just on the natural level. Right. And we're just engaging in philosophy here. I tell you, I would love to, to have a conversation with you about the difference between power and authority. We're not, we don't have to do it right now, but um, that would, would be a really fun conversation someday. Interesting. Yeah. 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 You got anything, Adam? Yes, I have a lot of things. I've been like but, just I mean, sitting you got, here you biting got, like tongue this no, no, whole no. time. He's going through four, no, 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 five but, ways, and I was sitting here like, no, 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 I have a question. No, 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 I have a question. Do you have anything for for today? You have those questions that you have are not for today. They're, <clears throat> they're for the special, for the yeah. CD. I'm just like, I'm just excited. Like, Carlos already here. I'm like ready to go. I'm. I'm He's coming back. I know, but I'm just excited to do this. I have like, a question for Carlos. Okay, Juan has a question. You have a microphone there. I plugged it in yesterday. No. Oh, I turned the volume all the way down. Far right, fourth channel on the Scarlet. Yeah. So I mean, I'm pumped about this, this Carlo, because I have a lot of questions, and I, I, I just want to like make sure that people understand that this isn't like this is going to be a, a, a <laughs> an exercise of humility for me as well, because a lot of people like when, when you're starting to talk, to talk to other Catholics, and they're like, oh well, I, I assumed that you just knew this. You know, oh, you didn't you, you didn't know this? It's like, no, I didn't know this because I didn't take theology classes. I didn't take philosophy classes. I like to scoff at those people. Like, <laughs> no, I do not know this. So there's it's going to be an exercise <laughs> of humility for me because there's going to be a lot of things that I don't I, I don't understand or, or know uh, that that you're going to be talking about, and so we'll be able to hey, bro. like there'll hey. be a, a lot of vulnerability here of of me just like, well, hold on, Carlo, I don't understand. Like, Dude, so many opportunities for me to scoff feel, at you. Yeah. Don't feel bad, brother. I goofed up on distinguishing propter quid arguments from quia arguments, man. <laughs> that was, Carlo, that was embarrassing. That was so embarrassing. I mean, it let's is. talk Eric hey, Propter. It is I right? My, I mean, yeah. <laughs> My right. seven-year-old just texted me just a little bit ago and was like, Carlo was wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. venenum antidotum. All right, we are, uh, all, this, all is, my, this may all be... My, all my all my Thomas friends are going to be thinking, "What the heck is he talking about?" <laughs> this is a, a possibly a a first. I don't know how this is going to go, but we did give. Uh, We've Juan, let him ask questions before. We we, get, we have given Juan the power very, of a mic. He's done a very good job today. He has done a great job. So I thought. Okay, Juan, go ahead. So the question I have is pretty. 
Can you hear him, Carlo? Can you? Yes. So it's pretty ridiculous. I know the answer is probably no, but I still wanna. If so, if God is holding us in existence while we're sinning, does that make mm. God the efficient cause of sin? The answer is no, because the sin lies in the defect or the aversion to the standard or measure of what is good, which entirely is coming from us as efficient cause. God is the cause of the activity or the being of the activity through and through. But the sin is the privation, mm -hmm. the lack of what ought to be there concerning the measure or the rule of reason. God is not the cause of that privation. God is only the cause, efficiently, of that which is being, that which is under the umbrella of being, the activity itself. So God is moving you to the, in the activity that we would call the sinful act. But the aversion from the rule of reason, the privation of the rule of reason, of like what determines it to be a good act, is from us alone. But God is the efficient cause of the act in the sinful act, if that makes sense for you. Yeah. You know... I think so think, that about, did yeah, think sense, about it like actually. this. Think about it like, yeah, think about it like this. Whatever is positive, whatever is positive in the sinful behavior, is due ultimately to God's efficient causality. Whatever is a privation of being, a lack of what ought to be there, wherein the sin lies, the privation from the the the, the aversion from the rule of reason, the privation or the lack of the order that ought to be in the activity that comes from us, not from God. Okay, thank you. Good question. Good question. So we did, we did reason. Go ahead. Reason determines the order of good for the activity. When I engage in the activity, the activity is coming from God. But my departure from that order of good or that order of reason is entirely from myself not from god so, that's what makes the behavior sinful so we did have one question from facebook and this question i think you know had context at the time so i don't remember exactly what it was he's asking you said but he says does that mean if someone isn't attracted to metaphysics then they shouldn't pursue it Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question. Well, I want to say yes and no, right? I mean, you're, not everybody is inclined or called to go as deep as we're going to go in the five ways, okay? That it's not everybody's cup of tea, and we have to acknowledge that, right? Or everybody's bourbon or scotch or whatever you want to use for your man drink, right? Um, I, I do think it's important to try your best, given your intellectual capabilities, to try and pursue metaphysics to understand what you can, but at the same time recognizing that it takes time, and sometimes one is just not in a situation where they can go and swim in the deep waters like others do. We all have to sort of assess where we're at in our state of life 
to determine how deep we're going to swim in the waters. Which is why I mean, I, said, I will I mean, say. I mean, that's why I said, Carlo, like I, I'm not going to understand. Like, if I can understand 10 percent of Aquinas, uh, I, I feel good about that. You know what I mean? Like, if I can actually like grasp mentally, this is what he means, and like fully understand it. Uh, I mean, I, I feel good right. about that. Like you, on the other yeah. hand, is totally different, you know, and, and Juan over here is totally different. But uh, for me, for Adam Minahan, like if I can do that, uh, you know, that is that's Here, good for me. Here's, here's a good example. All right. So everyone should seek the study of metaphysics to the degree that I come to know that the tree exists outside ultimately because god is causing it to exist i exist right now ultimately because god is causing me to exist and my children at the dinner table at the bruce or dinner table they know what would happen if god would stop willing me right now in existence i would lapse into nothingness that is metaphysics real scary should should everyone should everyone know that metaphysical truth about reality yeah, but we could go further if we want to swim in the deeper waters. Well, let me tell you why it is the case that the tree outside needs God to sustain it in being right here and right now, and why it is the case that if God were to stop willing it in existence, the tree you and I would lapse into nothingness. If you're interested in knowing the reasons why... Well, that's a metaphysical truth, the answer to those questions, but that's just swimming in the deeper waters. So everyone is going to need to pursue metaphysics to some degree, because when we're talking about God, and we being creatures that God is causing, and our relationship to the Creator, we're in some way engaging in metaphysics. But it's the degree, it's the degree of the metaphysical inquiry that we're going to have to assess where we want to be in that inquiry. Does that make Does, sense? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Does Aquinas ever talk about um, the priority of the intellectual and this or the spiritual? Like, if one should take should take precedence over the other? Yeah, this would get into his virtue theory. I'm not trained and well read in that particular part of thomas's thought but i will say this that for aquinas when he articulates what the essence of the beatific vision is the priority is given to the intellect because it is the intellect that comes to possess the good in its knowledge of the good and the will is that which delights in the good possessed by the intellect. So this is why Aquinas will say the essence of the beatific vision is that highest operation of man, which is intellectual intellectual activity. Hmm. So it's the knowledge of the divine essence that constitutes the essence of our beatitude, and that subjective experience of delight is that which is a what he calls a proper accident, it necessarily flowing from the knowledge that I have of God. So, the intellect takes priority over the will in as much as the intellect 
is that which presents to the will the good that it ought to pursue. So will follows from the intellect, ontologically speaking. So the intellect has a priority in that sense. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that if I'm not studying the five ways, I can't will the good and I can't be holy. In fact, right. the contrary sometimes is the case. You have somebody who doesn't have a clue about the five ways and is probably the most saintly person in the world, right? Right, because that would only go, but, you, would, you could only take that as far as to say that you need you need knowledge, sufficient knowledge. You don't, you know, and the, the level of knowledge that could be sufficient to inform your will to pursue what is good might not be very much. Right. You know that might not right. might not be very much to know about that. You, you know. Yeah, this is why Aquinas even teaches us in the Summa in the very first article of that first question. He's uh, whether the existence of God. I, I'm sorry, it's in the first question of the first part of the Summa, where he's talking about the nature and extent of sacred doctrine. He gives reasons why God has revealed Himself. And the, one of the reasons why God has revealed himself in a supernatural way is because for many, they are unable to engage in the philosophical inquiry to come to knowledge of God's existence by reason alone. So God gives us the supernatural help to come to that knowledge easily, sweetly, swiftly, without error. And especially for those who just don't have the time and the intellectual energy to engage in the philosophical inquiry. So Aquinas is very sympathetic for those who want to have a knowledge of God without the philosophical inquiry. Okay? But at the same time, that does not mean the philosophical inquiry is in is not important, is unimportant. Right. The philosophical inquiry is important. It is a good that must be affirmed and that for those who are capable of pursuing that good of philosophical inquiry, well, then they ought to pursue it. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems to me that this is a difficult question to answer. You know, should should how how deep should one pursue the intellectual life? Yes. Because there can be there can be pride that is involved in pursuit oh, yes. of the intellectual life. The, um, you know, the the vice of um, curiosity can be involved um, it seems to me that God calls us all always to a deeper intellectual life but maybe not right now you know often God we're called to be patient in when it is that he invites us into a deeper knowledge of himself and I, it I believe that it goes hand in hand with the spiritual I think that it's not really an oh, either totally. or Sometimes he doesn't invite you to know him more intellectually until you surrender yourself more to him in a prayer life or in the, you know, what you might call the spiritual life. Um, and so it's, you cannot view these as competing forces. I don't think, I, I really do think they have to go together. Well, they, have, they go together because the intellect and the will go together. They mm -hmm. constitute you know, the rational soul, those are the highest faculties that we have as rational beings. And so knowledge of God can never be excluded from love of God, and love of God can never be excluded from knowledge of God. They go hand in hand. But you did hit upon a good point, David, concerning the question of assessing how deep 
I should go in the intellectual life. And that just that, that's going to be different for every individual person, right? Every individual person has a different amount of kids and a different amount of time. And some have wives, some don't, right? And some have the resources to buy the books, some don't. Some have the intellectual skills to do that kind of thing. Some don't, right? And it's not to say that it's not good if you don't have those skills. You pursue knowledge of God in other ways. And so it's going to be different for everyone. So what we're going to do in our seminar, in our webinar, is say, hey, look, we're going to dive deep into the intellectual waters of the five ways. If you want to come and swim with us, come on and swim with us. Yeah. Because I promise you it'll be quite a delight. I'm pumped. Mm, me too. I'm pumped. Like I've been I've been studying personally like on on my lunch breaks and just any opportunity that I can like just jumping into all these different philosophers of under trying to understand the five ways trying to like I've been I, I don't think I've been on Phaser's website more in the last 2 weeks than I have in the last like 4 or 5 months. You know, just like going through his archives of like understanding like you think what you he have says. been on his website more. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. You have because I said on, I, yeah. I have it. Yeah, right. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I I think I have. Gotcha. Um, and then like I've asked, I've like uh, DM'd Gavin Kerr, like I don't know four or five times, trying to understand, making sure like do I understand this correctly? And he's been very generous with his time. Of, uh, he is generous with his time. He's yes, super he generous. Like. I'm a nobody to him, and he's just—he's like, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm in Ireland. I'm—I'm I'm like six hours ahead of you. It's twelve o'clock my time. I will appease your petty little question and, and give you an answer. Like he's super generous. Anyway, I'm just super pumped because I have been—I uh, like—I have a lot of questions, and I hope that I can. Learn I've more. just been over here thinking about like, wow, intellectual virtue. There, one of, and then there's like physical virtue, and I was just like thinking about. How virtuous my biceps are! <laughs> I knew that was coming. I could have, I Carlo, I could have, I could have like done that that joke like and finished but it for think him. Think about how virtuous they are. Because I knew exactly are, like, when he said, when he said, "Oh, I was thinking about intellectual," and then I started thinking about physical. I was like, I know he's going with the the virtues of his biceps. very virtuous biceps. Yeah. So basically, I think what Carlo is trying to say is, if you want your brain to be as virtuous as my biceps, <laughs> then you need to join us on this journey yeah the brain can't be virtuous the intellect it's the, it, there you go <laughs> look if my biceps can be virtuous, there you go. Your, your brain's kicking in maybe my brain can also be virtuous <laughs> i do have a last question so carlo you kept using the tree analogy is that by any chance connected to the plato's cave Pla plato's plato's cave and seeing the tree outside of the cave. Just curious. Yes, you will come to see the tree as it truly is, namely suspended and held up in being by God. The true, the true, the, the, the shadow of the tree would be seeing the tree not God bathed, right? Because you're only seeing a portion of the reality of the tree. But when you come out the cave, by way of the five ways, you come to see the tree in all its reality, namely, held in being by the first cause right here and right now, without which it would lapse into nothing. So you come to know the tree better. 
by way of the five ways than you would without the five ways. Does that make sense? See. Si. Yes. Mucho. Okay, so Carlo, we've we've kept you yeah, we've, uh, we've from your go. from your family long enough, but like, dude, I'm pumped about uh, this this seminar. I can't wait to do it with you. Um, and if there's anything uh, anything else, oh, the, the purgatory book, purgatory uh, pur purgatory is for real. It's for real. Yeah, shop.catholic.com. Go check that out. Uh, go, speaking go of which, speaking of purgatory, my uh, the Christmas novena starts today. Chris, ah. Christmas is, is uh, the church teaches that is is one of the days where many souls are released from purgatory. So my wife and I are uh, beginning the the Christmas novena today for the souls in purgatory. Yeah. So please join Thanks us. Thanks for here, man. Yeah. Join us because praying for the souls in purgatory that is like it's uh, a prayer hack. It's a it's totally a prayer hack because yep. you get these people who are like all about praying for you now, and I. I'm tr I'm trying to take the easy road. That's, <laughs> that's not very virtuous of you. Jesus said his his way is is uh you know my burden is light. It's well fitting. He said he also said pick up your cross daily. Yeah, but he said it should be pretty easy. I no, think. I don't think that. <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. I do though. I'm. I mean, I'm Joel Osteen over here. It, oh, never mind. I but if I can it. if I can we'll make it easier we'll if, if I can make it easier with more grace, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Carlo, thanks for hanging out with us, bro. Hey, thanks for inviting me, guys. It was such a joy. It was, it was great hanging out.